Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob, as always, with my co-ringular, Allison. Allison, how are you? Hey, Jacob. I'm doing okay. How are you? You know, this is our our third virtually recording episode, so um, I don't like the lack of personal interaction, but at least we can see each other. So. Yes. Yeah, that's the good thing. <laughs> yes. You're looking dapper today. Thank you. I, I wanted to make sure to have a collared shirt on to change it up from my band t-shirts that I wear every day. So, <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> um, so uh, today we have a very special guest. We have Kara Erie Lott, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist who's been serving the Las Vegas uh, area since 2002. Um, and Kara is going to talk with us about mental health during the time of COVID-19. Welcome, Kara. It's great to have you on. I'm glad to be here. Well, virtually, you know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're representing multiple areas of the Las Vegas Valley today as, as <laughs> wonderful. Um, so, so, Kara, we've got some questions for you, you know, really about how we can, you know, ourselves and our family and our children handle uh, this time, um, when it comes to mental health and, and, you know, I'm a huge proponent of mental health. I, I think it's one of the, you know, just as valuable as, as medical health. Um, but so that's why we thought having you on would be a great opportunity to talk about that. So I think Allison's going to start with the very first question here. Yes. Yes. And I think we have a, a, a nice, um, different varieties, different perspectives. Um, Jacob is, I've never been to therapy actually, so I I expect to learn a lot today. Um, And so we thought we'd put together this episode for people that have the privilege to uh, see a therapist or a psychologist um, and they've been communicating with them through phone or video chat, that's wonderful. But for people that are new to therapy, I was wondering what steps do I take to start looking for therapists? Um, For people that are intimidated, if they've never seen anybody in the past, that could be intimidating like one-on-one sessions. So I wanted to know what other options there are, if there's video versus phone calls, if there's group calls. And I'm also a little bit concerned about uh, HIPAA compliance and security issues. Sure. No, that's a great question. So um, make sure that I get all of the answers to every single question that you ask. Yeah. Like say from the very beginning, if you are thinking, you know what, I think I might want to talk to somebody. Where do I start? We'll go from there. So most of the people that come into me ask their friends. So most of them are referrals. But generally speaking, people will go to the web, right? So psychologytoday.com is a great service because if you go on to their website, um, AAMFT, I think has the same service. You go on there, they each have tabs that you can click on that says find a therapist. Once you click on that tab, you can put in your zip code and then it shows you the profiles of all of the therapists who serve your zip code. Uh, and you could broaden the search as you choose to. But the great thing about that is then being able to go through profiles 
and just look, you know, I'm just trying to see sort of what's out there. I'm just trying to get a feel for like, who are these people, right? Mm. So you get to see uh, pictures, you get to read their bios. Um, most of us have websites. At that point, you also get to click into their website and then go to there for a little bit further information. And usually the first, the first layer is someone's picture, right? So you, okay, how do I feel about the face that I'm seeing? All right. If yes, then click go. And then you go check out their website and you can read a little bit more. Then at that point, you contact them and, and usually set up a session from there. Now, the other question that you had, what other things are available if people don't want to meet face-to-face? I would just kind of say this about that. I understand um, the hesitation with that and people wanting to, especially in this age of technology, where there are services like Talkspace that you can just text a therapist, um, other things that you can just strictly do telehealth. And I think that that is good in that it's better than nothing, but there's nothing like the real thing. And there is a lot to be said for the experience and the growth that comes with being in the room one-on-one with someone. And I can, I can understand how that seems uh, really kind of overwhelming, uh, scary, and, and a little bit intimidating before you go in. And that's why, you know, they say the fit is the most important thing. And so when people will come into me the first time, I'll say, hey, you know what? Really pay attention to how you're feeling because the relationship that you have with your therapist is the number one contributor to therapeutic change. And so even though it may seem overwhelming to think, okay, well, if this person isn't my person, do I have to go in and see someone else and tell my story again? And then if they aren't the one, see someone else. And you know, the short answer to that is yes. But the long answer is, um, you know, being able to do a little bit of, uh, back work in that, all right, I want to see a picture. I want to read your profile. I want to see, like I have on my website, uh, client feedback, as far as like what people have chosen to anonymously share about, you know, their experience. Hey, here's what I appreciated. Here's what, you know, whatever. So you can kind of like from the comfort of your own computer or your phone, kind of check it out, see how you feel, gather a little bit more information. And do I feel like I want to proceed forward at this, you know, place? If yes, then I'll check it out. And honestly, there's some of that, that to get the real um, intensive therapy experience that you just can't, and honestly, shouldn't avoid, because it's part of the important aspect of the growth that comes with that. Right. I mean, I found interviewing therapists on the phone, like, you know, five minutes with a variety of different therapists was a really, was like the best way to choose a therapist for me, this, the last Mm -hmm. go round. Um, So I think that that was something that was really, really great. I think the first time I ever went was through college. So it was, you know, just who was available, but um, you know, as, as an adult, it was, that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Also, was there another aspect that I didn't answer? Did I answer your HIPAA, HIPAA question? Yeah, well, just I I guess I'm looking for reassurance that the platforms that exist um, are not going to be hacked and my medical information is not going to be out there floating or someone is spying on our conversation, our private conversation. For sure. So as far as I understand, um, now this is a different time 
right now, um, and I'll speak a little bit more to that. Uh, but generally speaking, when using telehealth, there are specific platforms that are approved HIPAA compliant platforms um, that are said to be like, this is a secure platform for you to use. Anything else, generally speaking, is not acceptable. So as far as, as I know, the platforms that are approved for us to use are HIPAA compliant and secure. Now, right now, and I think I was telling you guys this earlier, on March 17th, they changed a little bit of that, but just for right now. So um, the Office of Civil Rights and the Department of um, Health and Human Services is waiving and, and kind of basically saying no penalties right now if you absolutely have to use things like Skype and FaceTime that are non-HIPAA compliant. Uh, and, and the reason behind that would just be to make sure that people are able to still be seen. Um, you know, it, it's a judgment call. I think sometimes, obviously, you always want to go um, the direction that is approved, secure, the most safe. But then let's say, like I said, the platform that I use is called Doxy. Let's say Doxy is down. Or sometimes when you use these platforms, they do have glitches and problems and you can't hear the other person or the screen is pixelated. And I can see my client's face start to get a little bit frustrated. I'll usually go in with a plan. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. Um, it's HIPAA compliant, things are secure. You also have to have a different consent form for telehealth, uh, by the way. Okay. Informing your clients, hey, because we're doing this form of therapy, there's some risks that you need to be aware of. And we talk about the, you know, uh, the differences um, with telehealth and so that they're aware ahead of time. And, you know, one of those things is that you also kind of have to gauge um, with those challenges how that client's going to do. If I've got someone who is um, in really bad shape, um, you know, I may make a different judgment call for them as far as like, this is not someone who can just be seen on the phone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you have to go within a highest quality of client care, whatever that may be, but to make sure that they are aware each step of the way, hey, I know that you can't hear me right now. Do you want to switch to FaceTime knowing what that would mean? You know, if yes, then go. Uh, if FaceTime's breaking down, do you want to switch to a phone call? You know, and we just try to work with what we've got. But generally speaking, and aside from this time right now, only HIPAA compliant platforms for telehealth. Okay, that's reassuring to know. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, Kara, since this is an experience that we're all going through, um, you know, it's not it's not like one of those experiences that just affect, you know, some people. Um, what are some things that, you know, you could share or recommend for people to stay mentally healthy during this time? Um, well, oh, sorry. Oh, no, that that's the question. <laughs> For me, um, one of the biggest things is be able to look back and I'll talk to my clients about this. Like when all of this is over and you look back, um, how do you want to answer the question for yourself, how you chose to spend the time? Now, there are things that uh, are limitations that are absolutely out of our control. We can't change those things. So knowing that that's the case, what are my options? What do I want to do with this? So when I look back and go during that time when I couldn't Maybe I couldn't work uh, or I can't go to the gym. That's been a big one for a lot of people, by the way, as far as mental health goes. Um, you know, all the things that I can't do, okay? You're right. You can't do those things in that way right now. So what are our options? How can we broaden that perspective and you 
capitalize as best you can on what is available during this time. Like, is this the time now that you can learn a new skill? Um, you can concentrate on learning a language. You can read a book. You can write letters to all the people who are important to you in your life and actually mail them. You know, what will you choose to do that when you look back and go, yeah, that was the weirdest time ever. Here's what I did with it. Here's what I learned. Here's how I grew. Here's what I chose to experience during that time. Um, and I think too, as funny as it sounds, I think there's something to be said for uh, implementing a routine, getting up, you know, get ready. Yeah. Do your hair, put makeup on if you wear makeup or not or whatever, but so that you can feel like you're not just defeated sitting at home waiting for your life to begin again. Uh, I think that's, and that's hard, I think, not to feel right now. But those are things that you control, right? Like we can't control what's going on outside, but at least things around in your house, your appearance, these are little details that you can, little steps that you can take to make it bring a, a sense of normalcy to your life, right? Yeah, to me, it's about the focus on choice mm -hmm. and seeing options, you know? And so when I when I speak to my kids, that's the way that I present this to them as well. You know, from, you know, the four-year-old up to the 25-year-old, I, you know, it, for everybody, that's really what it's about. Okay, so what are you gonna choose to do with what you've got and what are your options? Maybe ones that you didn't see before, but now are going to explore because it is a different situation. You know, and sometimes it just takes kind of a while to wrap your brain around. And I don't think it's something that all of a sudden, like, okay, in quarantine, switch, let's see options. <laughs> Honestly, I think it took a good one to two weeks for people to even transition into, okay, so let me look at some options because there was just, and I mean, still is, but I think varying degrees of that initial weirdness. The closer we were to our regular uh, routines and our regular lives, I think the more heavy the impact of like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And now we start to get used to, okay, well, this isn't how it's supposed to be, air quotes, um, but there are some things that I can do with this time. Well, and that's interesting that you brought up your, your children. So, um, you know, kids and teenagers, they react differently um, and they obviously mimic behaviors that they see uh, uh, adults around them, you know, the type of behavior that they're, that they're doing right now. Um, what can we, what advice would you give parents, um, to help them understand what's going on and, you know, how to get them help for their mental health? Well, I think for kids, um, just like anybody, right. We need to offer, uh, a pro age appropriate truth and information with the emphasis on options as far as like, yes, you know what? sorry, school right now and dance right now and volleyball right now isn't an option. But, you know, what can we do? Hey, YouTube has kids yoga. It's got kids workouts on there. We can go for a walk outside. And, you know, again, going into that exploration of like, let's look at all the other things that we can do. And even some that we can do now that we couldn't do otherwise. You know, otherwise, would we be able to go for a family walk in the middle of the day? You know, and knowing that being outside, which we are really fortunate, I think, to be quarantined where it's been gorgeous the last few days. Yes. You know, in an area where, um, you know, you can get out. 
and being outside, I think, is so important. So kind of that combination of being able to get outside, body movement, huge for mental health. I'm a massive proponent of body movement for mental health. Um, it just, I mean, you can't, you can't deny the impact and the efficacy of that um, on everything, specifically depression, but, you know, um, and so that's for everybody, kids to adults, right. all the way through the spectrum. And so I think a big emphasis on body movement while at the same time, let's have some real talk with our kids um, that doesn't incite fear and encourages options, mm -hmm. but isn't lacking in age appropriate information. Mm -hmm. Right. Most definitely. I think that's, I think that's really helpful um, to think about too. Um, and Allison and I do not have children. So um, that's one of those things that I think we see our friends with kids um, and, and worry about them too. Yeah, we see that they're struggling. And I mean, we're struggling and we don't have anybody else to look, look after distracting us. So I can't, I can't even imagine like my, my heart goes out to all the all the parents and caregivers out there. I don't know how you know, kudos to them for hanging in there. Well, it's a it's a different experience for sure in lots of different ways. I mean, one of the ways in which, you know, how do I help you as your mom, help you attend to your mental health that is, you don't even know what you need, mm -hmm. you know? So how can I look at it and go, okay, right now, it just feels really weird. So let's talk about how that feels to you. You know, especially like with my with my teenage kids, like, hey, you know what? How are you doing with all of this? Doing a check-in, don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. How are you doing with all of this? This is pretty weird. And then let them talk about how they're feeling. Validate that without going into the, yeah, and this is how many people have died and this is why it's so serious. And I, I, I am not big at all on building that uh, fear and panic aspect of it. That does nothing that's helpful. Right. Um, but like I said, let's look at some truth um, and yes, this is absolutely what's going on right now. So let's be informed and let's be wise, but let's still create in all the ways that we can mm -hmm. and not feel, you know, that sense of paralysis. But when we are starting to feel that, let's talk about it, you know? And I think as parents to be able to uh, observe our kids and to go, okay, you know what? They seem to be like kind of funky. They might need to talk about it. What's needed here? While we're at the same time trying to gauge what's needed here for us. Right. You know? And so I, I think talking about it is huge without building that, you know, like I said, that aspect of, and here's why you need to be afraid because that's right. not helpful. Right, right, right. Right. And, and I guess part of that is also um, as a parent is obviously addressing um, your child's fear or anxiety, acknowledging it and recognizing that they're not alone in this, right? Like there's a, an entire household and an entire planet really that's going through that. And I think that could kind of be overwhelming, but at the same time, like we're all going through this. And I think that just normalizes um, in a way um, you know, your fears and anxiety, anxiety, and knowing that you're not alone, I think that that can be therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in that same vein, because we're not alone in this, I think it's important to find ways to connect. Mm -hmm. We are limited in a lot of ways. Um, but I have loved seeing the ways that people have got creative in reaching out to each other. You know, like uh, just last night, I did a door drop to one of my friends, you know, we'll make things and take it to family members or take it to friends. And, 
you know, I'll usually leave it on her doorstep and, or she'll leave something out for me and we'll kind of like exchange and we'll never see each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, last night when I went to go drop it on her doorstep, she was standing six feet away from her door. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you in person, you know, yes. and having that conversation, but distanced, you know, and then, uh, you know, just seeing the ways that people are having game nights via Zoom, people right. are doing virtual happy hour, um, you know, I, I love seeing the way that people are still seeking for ways to connect because it's so incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. So Kara, um, we talked about kids. So do you have any recommendations for maybe couples that are sharing the same space now that are, you know, normally they're working, they're, you know, they don't spend all of their time in the same space. Um, what would you recommend for, for people that are in that sort of situation? Yeah, so this is a really tough and really relevant. So I'm glad you asked that, right? <laughs> and because I think we've all seen the stats too that like domestic violence stuff is, is going through the roof right now. And I think right. part of that is, you know, people aren't used to being in the same space. There are some people who do better uh, than others mm -hmm. with that. And I think part of it is that you need to be able to say, um, I'm not doing well right now, or here's what I need. I think there's also an aspect of understanding, you know, there are the people who need that interaction, you know, the extroverts who need that connection and that contact. And then you guys, and then you have the, the introverts who are like, oh, I'm living my best life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Finally, you know, the government is condoning the way that I felt like it was <laughs> They feel so seen right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Thriving. It's funny, my sister was telling me, I have a little nephew who is a, you know, he's horribly shy and a massive introvert. And, you know, he's been, you know, seeing a, a therapist to help him with, you know, just school and all of these things. And we were talking the other day and she was telling me about this particular nephew. She's like, in other news, he's thriving and doing better than I've ever seen him do. <laughs> Every day, better with the kids. I'm like, and you can look at that and be glad, but then at the same time, like, okay, this isn't, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, a permanent right. thing. So yeah. what can we take and learn from this? So with couples, um, it's being able to, like I said, and I know this is tough because this is part of some couples issues in that they don't communicate with each other. Like, hey, this is really tough for me. I am having a hard time just being enclosed in this space all the time. I need to be able to have some time to myself. Um, and and right. sometimes I'll see, you know, one member of the couple take that very personally and think it means you don't want to be around me. It's like, actually, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's about me right. and me to recharge, whether it's just like kind of having my own alone time, whether I want to have some um, friends who are introverts who have spent more time painting than they have in the past. Um, we were spending more time outside going on drives, mm -hmm. um, whatever it is that you need to be able to get that alone time. But I think it's really important to communicate that to your partner. Hey, first of all, this isn't specific to you. Right. It's not about, uh, you know, assuming that it's not right. Uh, it's about me and what I need to be in the best space possible. So here's what I'm going to do to try to help myself. And here's how you can help me. And with the extroverts, it may be hey, wow, you know, I really miss being able to go out to dinner with friends or, you know, to see friends or to do all this kind of stuff. So, you know, how would you feel about doing a game night tonight on Zoom or whatever? Right. Being able to find new ways to meet those needs 
but you gotta talk about them because what I notice is that when people don't, it just bubbles. And sometimes when you don't talk about it, you haven't even thought about what's really going on with you. Right. You just know that you're irritable and a little bit snappy. And so if you take that time to think, okay, hold on, what's, what's actually going on with me right now? First asking that question, then being able to take that self-reflection and being able to say to your partner, uh, even if it's just, you know what, I need to get out for a while. Would you mind, you know, holding down the fort while I take a drive around the Red Rock Loop and then come back? I will come back, but <laughs> I need to have that drive because I'm just not doing well right now, you know? But you've got to be able to communicate that stuff because, you know, uh, more often than not, sometimes, but more often than not, your partner can't just intuit that. Right. Mm -hmm. This is true. Um, so going back a little bit to what we were talking about, like introverts, extroverts, I'm an extrovert and both. So personally, this is just really driving me nuts. I'm actually going to be in theory moving to New York in a couple of months. So I had a bucket list of items of places I wanted to see and people I was going to see. So um, I'm really bummed right now because I'm, I'm in my last months here. I'm not able to see anybody and also like on the professional side my my work is about building community my volunteer activities are all very much in real life helping people and i'm not one person i'm not a person to really just throw money at something like that's not a satisfying experience for me to give back to the community and so it's it's tough because we don't know when we're going to get out of this right and i am trying to be present and grateful and be in the moment but i'm just i'm wondering like how do i strike a balance between accepting how little control i have over what's going on and not letting this acceptance turn into resignation well i think anytime we're looking for how we can act what we can do that helps minimize that feeling of being resigned right and just accepting that you know i this is the new normal and I can't do anything about it. I think there's some aspects of, yeah, this is the change that's literally happening. I can't do anything about that. But again, and obviously I'm a huge proponent of then going back to what are your options? What can you do to balance some of that out? Because I think that resignation is a choice. Mm -hmm. And so looking at that and saying, I don't like how it feels to feel resigned. So what do I want to do? And there may be some things that say, like for you, if you want to be able to be out there and interacting with people and doing things, the options for that may be limited. But if the main priority is to give and participate and have that sense of community, you may need to think outside of what you would normally like to do if just even to serve the main priority of still being a part. How does that look right now? Probably different than you would have liked for it to look. Just the same as like, I don't want to do telehealth. I want to meet with people in person. That is my absolute preference. But if that's limited right now, if my top priority is to still be able to offer quality care as best I can with the limitations that I've got, I will serve that top priority over my preference of being in person with someone. You know, I get it though. It's it's not my favorite. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, looking for those options and realizing that, okay, you know what, again, choice and options, what will I do? Absolutely not my preference, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to not do anything double negative there for you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Right. 
So, Kara, and this one kind of, this plays into a little bit of what we talked about with kids, but, you know, we're, we're so right now inundated with information, whether it's on, you know, COVID infection rates, what's going on in our community, this idea of opening back up. Um, you know, I, I think I've done a really good job personally of figuring out how best I need information to come to me. But say, you know, I talk to my parents who are boomers and they're still watching MSNBC 24-7 and like, you know, what are some recommendations that, you know, you may have for us, you know, what, how we're, we're gaining information and maybe how we can also help other people um, moderate their information or things that maybe we can just, you know, help comfort them with just the sheer amount of information that we have. Yeah. So this is what I do myself and what I've also tell my clients, pay attention to how it feels to you. And if you find that when you are uh, glued to MSMSC all day, and that is the thing that you are focusing on, and it limits your ability to see options, feel a sense of peace and freedom and direction in your life, even though there's this limitation, then it's not good for you. Um, right. Now, for you know, it's also not good to be completely unaware either. And then be in a state of denial and not be informed so that you can make wise decisions. So finding the balance that's right for you, I think, is really important here. And, and like I said, it, the first layer of that is you need to be aware of what's happening. Are you feeling more panicked? Are you feeling more obsessed with what's going on? Are you starting to feel more afraid? Then what you're doing is not healthy for you physically or mentally. And so, you know, what I will say is like, okay, so how can we change the ratio of what's going on right now so that you can fulfill what are your priorities? Well, I need to know what's going on. Okay. So let's look at that priority. Can you do that by saying, okay, when I wake up and once I get going and have my coffee or whatever your morning ritual is, I'm going to, you know, whether it's I'm going to read the news headlines, gather the information that I need, the, whatever's new for the day, and then I'm not going to look at it again until the next morning. Um, what do you need to find your best balance. Um, because what I'm finding too is that my clients who have been uh, following it all day long, all it does is make them more anxious, more paralyzed and more discouraged. Um, and that's not good for anybody. No. You know, and the bottom line is that if it's not good for you, it's not good for you. So right. even if the whole idea of like, but I need to know what's going on, okay. So in your rendition that you're currently using of knowing what's going on, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Find okay. that, um, at, like I said, first level is aware. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happening here. Feel how it feels to you. Um, and, and then back that off a little bit so you can get what's needed. Um, but then still, like I said, uh, do participate in your life in in the ability that you have right now you know like i what we were talking about before you know i say you get to define how you spend the time right so when you look back on this time that is super weird right for all of us yeah um what's the story that we're gonna tell yeah that was super weird and standing in line at the grocery store totally funked me out which is true that totally funks me out mm. um but Here's what I did with that time. Whether now you learn a new language, you know, whatever it is, um, what will you choose to do with the time? And if your answer to that question is, well, I just stayed informed. Okay, 
cool. You knew what was going on yeah. as much as you could from what was being presented to you most of the time. Okay. And if that's what you want to be able to say at the end of it, then you're achieving your goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if not, you might want to switch that up. Yeah. That's a good question to ask for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just have an honest conversation with you or with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Kara, let me ask you, um, these are all great tips that you're giving our listeners. I'm curious to hear what are some co coping skills that you're employing now, or are you talking to a therapist? Um, how are you managing your fear and anxiety and stress? So honestly, um, I really try not to build that very much. I think that all of us are experiencing it, but, you know, fortunately, I think because I, uh, know a lot about this, treat it, deal with it. I also know all the skills to use. So, you know, looking at it and going, all right, you know what, if I feel anxious or if I feel afraid, I'm looking at that and going, all right, what do I want to do with this? Because I know that fear is just a story that I tell myself about the future. Mm. It's never about what's happening in the present. So I know that if I let my mind wander and spiral with that, then I'm going to feel more anxious and I'm going to feel more afraid. And so I'm not going to build that, you know, what you focus on, you feed and what you feed gets bigger. So I ask myself, what do I want more of in this space? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, like I said, with that, I'm pretty good at being able to focus my mind and build where it feels better to me. Mm -hmm. And so even though, like I said, um, going to the grocery store, standing in line, all of that weirdness, that affects me. Mm -hmm. That's the big one for me. Um, and so, and I didn't really realize that until after I came back, maybe about a week and a half ago, and I could feel it just sitting on me. And I was like, wow, what is this with me? And I realized that some of it was a sadness um, at disconnection, uh, a sadness that like after 9-11, we were all grouped together. It was you and me and us and then an other, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Them. Now, when you go out in public, or at least my experience, the grocery store, you're the other. You're the other. I'm the other. You know, people look at you in that we're separated. Right. We're questioning the person who's passing by us. Uh, you know, are you getting too close to me? Don't, you know, breathe on me. Don't look at me. Don't be. Uh, it, it changes the way that we view each other. And that is almost palpable now when you're in uh, that kind of space. And so I had to realize that number one, that's what's bothering me, that feeling of disconnection, that lack of feeling in, we're all in this together, but we're not. Mm -hmm. We're experiencing this together, but I don't, don't get by me yeah. because you're potentially a threat instead of someone who's you know feeling the very similar feelings that I may be feeling. Mm -hmm. And so that I find sad, um, but I found that for me, once I identified that, I had to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I am fortunate to have really good people around me. I've got an amazing family, awesome friends, um, and a great partner. So when I came home and said to my husband, like, hey, you know what I realized today? Going to the grocery store is super hard for me. It really funks me out, and here's part of why. So I think some of what I'm going to need is that for you to know that this is really hard for me. And that when I do, I might be a little bit funky when I come home. And number two, I might need to talk about it a little bit. Um, not to try to solve anything. You don't have to do anything. I just kind of need to talk about it because it's it's different and it's hard for me. So once I talk about it, um, because it's real, 
-hmm. and that's happening. But I also, if I chose to sit in that space and be so sad about how different it is, that could take me down the road of paralysis. And I don't, I don't want that. It's not good for me. It's not good for anybody around me. It's not good for the people that depend on me. It's just, it does nothing good. Right. It's um, just digging a hole, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it's that hole, what you focus on, you feed and what you feed gets bigger. Mm -hmm. And when I look at, I get to choose what I feed. There's power in that, you know? Okay. In this moment, I get to choose what I feed. Other skills too. I'm a huge component on movement. You got to move your body. Um, our bodies are the things that we're experiencing all of this through. Um, I've got clients, family members that now that the gym's closed, it's really thrown people for a loop. Um, and especially those ones that, you know, yeah, I could find other ways to exercise, but that was a really, really essential part of my routine and my structure. And to have that taken away, that is another layer of like uh, mental um, struggle, mm -hmm. you know? And so it, it kind of takes a while, like, go ahead and feel that discomfort. It is weird. There is a little bit of a loss there. And then how do we want to build from there? So absolutely body movement. I exercise as much as I can um, with that uh, meditation or yoga practice, I think is really important, mm -hmm. right? Because we know yeah. that exercise is nature's antidote to depression and meditation is nature's antidote to anxiety. And so as we've got those things going on, and there's all kinds of options for how to do that, you know, right now. Um, and it's all about being able to kind of like, once we come out of the disorientation of it's not what it was, mm -hmm. okay, but what can it be? So how can I do that now? You know, also being creative, I think is essential, yeah. whether that any type of um, creative expression, whether it's through creating music, listening to music, dancing, painting, anything. I think we are creators. We are meant to create things and build things. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anything that allows us to do that. And then I, I find ways to connect because Allison, you know, like you, I am extroverted. I need to be connected to people. I need to feel like I'm doing things and serving and, and all of that. And so I think I told you before, like, you know, I'll do drawer drops to people or, you know, uh, FaceTimes, virtual happy hour, you know, all of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, it's, it's a cocktail of things for all of us. It's kind of like, and this is what I talk to my clients about too, knowing your own personal positive equation, like this plus this plus this plus this equals me at my best. So given where I'm at right now, what are those things going to be? And it's a combo. It's not going to be one thing that is going to you know change it all it's all right knowing that i need a combination of things and some days it may be one tool is the thing versus right. some of the others but knowing those things i think is really important right yeah. for me i've been going out to run i'm a big gym rat i love both the sweating and the communal aspect of it and so okay. i've transitioned to finding parks and going at you know at a reasonable hour where i don't encounter you know too many people but i do i have made a couple friends um at the park and we'll wave and everything and you know most days i'm healthy and i come home and i eat salmon and veggies but then other days i'm like no my dinner is just gonna be gummy bear last night my dinner was gummy bears and chips and that's okay too you know what i mean like that's fine yep, yep absolutely and being yes. able to like make space for that of like hey if it's a chips and gummy bears dinner today that's just what's happening that's yes. right so, <laughs> 
I love it. Kid again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that feels better, then that's awesome. And it did. It really like did. And then today I ran, and today is also good. Yeah. And see, that's really what it's about, I think. What's going to be the thing or things that is going to have me feeling the best? Mm -hmm. And some days it may be chips and gummy bears where you're like, am I okay with this? Yeah, actually, I'm awesome about this right <laughs> yeah. now. I right. feel better. I'm going to be a better person today because I chose to have this. And to be able to uh, open up for that as an option mm -hmm. instead of like, no, healthy and good means, you know, eating every three hours and having the salmon and the sweet potato and the broccoli and the, you know, all of these things and making sure that my workout is this. I think actually a lot of it is be able to provide the flexibility, but based on if I'm making the decision that it's gonna have me feeling the very best. Right. What would that decision be? And, and feeling the best in all aspects, you know, looking at how is my psyche right now? Right. Like, you know, am I gonna be doing this regimented thing that says this is the best thing to do, but I'm more stressed out and more frustrated because I actually feel more limited when I really just wanna be able to have chocolate cake right now. Correct, correct. And, and it's not the food that is making the decision for me. I am actively choosing to exercise one day, actively choosing to eat chips and enjoying it. And that's fine. I'm not going to die because of it. All about choice. Absolutely. Yes, yes. That's right. And Allison is currently living with a chef. So that that I am. We were just joking. And speaking of creative projects, I'm thinking of I used I used to review restaurants and like fine dining kind of places. And like the the tagline for my new idea is she used to go to Bouchon. Now she goes to Wendy's. <laughs> There's something the lines. Yeah, that's so funny. The Wendy's drive through. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Kara, just one last question for you. Um, yeah. uh, as an almost lifelong uh, resident of our community, um, what are some of the fav your favorite places in Las Vegas and, and the area, things to do? Um, yeah, yeah. What, are, what are some of your favorites? Now that you say that, like I have been here for a really long time. Um, <laughs> you know, we we go out a lot and by out, I mean, come on, I mean, I have kids, I'm old. Like we go to restaurants. That's basically all we right, do. Yeah. The rest of it is with like volleyball and dance and all of the other kid types <laughs> of, you know, running around that we're doing. But um, I also, so there's two of my other siblings that live here and my parents live here. Okay. And so um, once a month, my siblings and I get together and we go to dinner. But the, the new thing has been try somewhere you've never been. Right. So each okay. month, because we are so fortunate to have so many amazing restaurants here. Right. And I'm like, there's all these great places that, you know, if I'm just caught up in my life all the time that I don't even think about trying. So, you know, we, we try to go to a new restaurant or we, we did and, and will again yeah. uh, each month, you know, and man, one of my personal favorite spots is um, Sparrow and Wolf. Mm -hmm. I love that place. Um, old family staple, Capitol Grill, you know, okay. um, and, and so oh, Cornish is my, my favorite hanging out down at the art district. If I'm going to go to a pub and hang out, you know, with my husband and my friends, it's usually going to be Cornish pasty. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like you said, uh, most of it's going to be restaurant places as far as <laughs> with the kids and things like that. I mean, occasionally we'll get out and, you know, take them up to Red Rock. One of my favorite things, though, ooh, I would be sad if I forgot this one. Um, every year we do the um, Super Summer Theater. 
Oh, yes. Big fans here. Big oh, fans. Love it. You know, I mean, being able to go up there and we like, I pack a whole spread, you know, because I'm a huge entertainer. I love to have people over. I love to cook for the people I love. Like, it's one of my favorite things. So to be able to, to have like outdoor theater, which massive Broadway fan, right? right. So outdoor theater plus super yummy food. And you can bring a bottle of wine with the people that you love. Yes. yes. Right. <laughs> so we do that. We do that um, every summer. So like I said, just as, even just like, you know, aside from just the regular local parks, we live in a great area with a lot of parks. We've got, you know, and then the Red Rock Hiking Plus Super Summer Theater in the summer and all of our great restaurants. Yeah. We're fortunate. Yeah. Awesome. Kira, in, in case this is your jam, Brian Howard, the owner of Sparrow and Wolf, every day I, or every couple of days he's been uploading pictures to his, uh, or videos, I should say, to his social media of his kid preparing food. Oh, like, and, and he, you know, he, he, he sets out the mise en place and the kid, Bricks is his name, he'll be like, and today we're making mustard chicken and I'm gonna mix it like this. And he's a little cutie. He has um, chef whites and everything. So oh, that is get so out. Great. That yeah. is so great. And you know, I mean, cause that's, a, that's, that's another thing too, like as far as finding things to do in the time, yeah. you know, right. how, what a great opportunity for our kids to learn these things too. My, my daughter has been going through the Magnolia table cookbook um, and, and cool. making something new every day. This is why we're doing so many door drops because I have so <laughs> many treats at my house right now, that it would be super bad news. So, you know, but at the same time, she's learning that skill, you know? Cool. Right. So it's been awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, but thank you so much for, um, for joining us today. Um, this has been very, very helpful yes, for both of us you. and for our partners um, and really just helping us feel grounded and present in the moment and grateful for, you know, what we do have going on for us. And, um, you know, I, I like that my takeaway is uh, choices, right? Um, mm -hmm. Acknowledging what's going on, but realizing that there, there are there are certain choices that you can make in your life to make every day um, a little bit more manageable. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it, you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, well, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast, as always. I'm Jacob, and with me is Allison. Allison, who's our team, as always? We have our producer, Jose Sotelo, our research assistant, Ashley Pacheco, creative director, Berta Gutierrez, the dog in the den of descent, and the little baby who we miss so, so much, Sebastian. Here's a, here's a picture of our producer's son. Oh, Kara. he's a cutie. <laughs> <laughs>